I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Put your trousers on, my friend. We are going home. You are safe. So in the middle of September, a video shot inside a hospital in Donegal in the northwest of the country went viral throughout Ireland. No, it's not wrong. He's in your life there by doing In the clip, you see a man doing a straight-to-camera video, a white guy wearing glasses but with no mask on. He seems to be about 40 years old. He's in a hospital room. You can hear the monitors beeping in the background. And he's trying to coax this 67-year-old man named Joe McCarran out of the hospital. Joe is a COVID patient who has been recently hospitalized. You're barely able to breathe. We want you to stay to help you. No, Joe. It's all your choice, Joe. Yes, uh, if you stay here, they're going to fucking kill you, Joe. Yes. These people are not going to help you. The doctors clearly want to put Joe on a ventilator because his condition was getting pretty bad. Stephen, I'm, worried, I'm very worried about you. And I want you to stay. I think he's saying something very dangerous. We see the doctor come along. He bends over because the patient, Joe, is in a wheelchair. And he pleads with him to stay in the hospital. I'm not lying to you. You could die. But this would be your best chance in the hospital. Like getting the oxygen and getting the support we're giving to you. Joe. This will be your choice. These people, they are lying. So we go home now, my friend. Because okay. that's You're your last chance. She consent. think about this. You're endangering his life. It's okay. And it's better if you die in the house. That, it's better if you die in the house than dying here. Um, He's um, going to die with us. Ultimately, however, we see Joe McCarran leave the hospital. But I think, I think Joe, he's not telling you. He's not advising Come on, my friend. Yeah. Come okay. on, my friend. Come on. Sorry. But what we find out after this video emerges, maybe a couple of days later, is that Joe ends up back in hospital on a ventilator. He's unable to breathe, and sadly, he eventually passes away in the hospital from complications from COVID. What I've found is that Joe's case is an extremely and truly tragic surfacing of a growing movement in Ireland and across the world, a movement that preaches resistance to laws that you do not believe in, that says you don't have to follow laws you think are unjust, Some may know it by the name of Sovereign Citizen. It's a movement that has been around for a while, but is now fast colliding with the anti-vaxxer movement across the globe. Ten days on from an anti-lockdown protest at which Gardaí were attacked with fireworks, disinformation about that event is still rife on social media. Within these spaces, there are people who are using the current period 
to share misleading information, to share information and, and claims that are attempting to radicalize people and use uh, people's anger for their own political objectives as well. Are you under your oath, Garda? We're, we're demanding no that you provide us with your name and address. Are you under your under oath, Garda? What I would say to you, police, no one has ever answered when I asked them, are you acting under oath? This is Vice News Reports, and I'm Jen Kinney, your host for this episode. My name is David Gilbert. I'm a journalist that covers extremism and disinformation for Vice News. Okay, so David, you showed me this viral video of this 67-year-old man with a severe case of COVID being kind of aggressively coaxed into leaving a hospital. And, you know, it's clear just watching this that he's very sick. He's struggling to breathe. So can you put this video in context? Who was behind taking him out of the hospital? So the guy who took the video and the person who broke Joe out of the hospital, his name is Antonio Muradu. He's Italian, but not a huge amount else is known about him. Uh, We do know that he originally comes from Italy and that while he was there, he was affiliated with the Legia Nord party, which is a far right party in Italy. Uh, He moved to Ireland a number of years ago and set up home in Galway in the west of the country. And he was running a restaurant there in the city. And we've seen him repeatedly post videos of himself online. How are you, sir? Kind of challenging people's authority, such as the police in Ireland, by claiming that they have no rights over it. Yeah, which one is it? You're speeding. The video is pretty... It's very typical of his attitude towards persons of authority. Did you never read about the common law? Did you never read about common law? There's your speed, 158. I don't care. You don't care. No, 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 absolutely. I don't. I don't. Because he hasn't agreed to live by the rules that they ascribe to or the laws that they are trying to enforce, he therefore doesn't have to abide by them. Listen, first of all, I'll ask you the question. He just dismisses him. I'll ask you the question, you answer the question, because I'm the master and you are the servant. He ascribes to this free man of the land belief, which is very closely related to the sovereign citizen movement. Right. Okay, so I know a little bit about sovereign citizens in the U.S. I know that here, these are groups of people who think that whatever government that they live under is not legitimate, and so they don't need to follow its laws. Here in the U.S., I know it's been around for for some time. So, yeah, that's right. Um, In the United States, the roots of the movement date back to the late 1960s. It came about out of a sort of a hostility towards the government in the American Midwest, and it's evolved from there ever since. So-called sovereign citizens believe that they're not bound by federal laws in the United States, that they can effectively make up their own rules. Some of them believe that the United States was incorporated over 100 years ago. And once that happened, that they no longer have to adhere to the new laws as they have written and that the the government is kind of a a shadow government effectively and doesn't really represent the people. Effectively, the group believes that they are not bound by the laws that you and me and everyone else um, has to abide by. 
Yeah, you know, frankly, it's interesting to hear this because I, I always thought of this as being a specifically American movement. I know that there are these people in the States who don't support the idea of a federal government. They refuse to pay taxes. They won't get a driver's license. Right. It's interesting because it is like the sovereign citizen movement is very rooted in U.S. law, U.S. culture. And how it moved outside the U.S. hasn't really been very well documented. It seems to be relatively organic. Initially moved to Canada in the 1990s, then it moved to kind of other English-speaking countries like Australia. So you work for the corporation known as the Queensland Police in all capital letters? Yes. Am I a man? What do you identify as? No, it's a yes or no question. Am I a man? It's 2020, mate. What do you identify as? Everybody, Australia, remember this is about your control. It's about your compliance. It's about silencing you. That's what it's about. And then it's also now kind of moved to non-English-speaking countries. Reichsburger groups frequently question the legitimacy of the Federal Republic of Germany and often challenge police authority. There's sovereign citizen movements in France, in Austria, in Belgium, in Italy. Ils remettent en cause les institutions, euh, la justice, euh, la police. I'm a sovereign. I am a sovereign. If you're a person you're in Singapore, you have to follow the rules of, of Singapore. The Singapore. No, that's the thing. I'm not a person. You're not a person. I'm we the people. You're what? It's kind of similar in the way that QAnon, which is, again, a very, very US-centric conspiracy theory based around the cult of Donald Trump, but yet that has got a huge number of adherents in the UK, in Australia, in Japan, in France, in Germany, in Italy, in Spain. So it's it's more, I think, about the fact that it's a distrust of government, a distrust of authority that appeals to people. And that's why it's taken hold. Right. And then it sounds like, you know, it needs to adapt itself to whatever laws or local context is in that country. Exactly. In Ireland, it was during the 2000s when the sovereign citizen movement really took hold here. You may already have been feeling it for months, but officially the country is now in recession. And the, the triggering event that happened here is the, the recession that hit Ireland in 2008. The Minister for Finance has again blamed the downturn on the international economy. House prices collapsed and banks had to be bailed out and there was a really deep recession here in Ireland and people's houses were being repossessed. I am angry because the people who really were the watchdogs let us down. I think heads should roll. It was a huge crisis in the country and at that moment of crisis it was when these groups popped up claiming to be sovereign citizens following quote-unquote common law. Common law is just basically laws which come about from precedent and judges' decisions. And because the sovereign citizens and adjacent groups really only ascribe to their own set of what they consider to be pure laws, they will kind of look at that laws and cherry-pick the ones that suit them and dismiss the ones that don't suit them and kind of come up with their own bastardized version of a law that they then decide to follow. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And back during the recession in the 2000s in Ireland, kind of all these type of groups popped up, these sort of hubs throughout the country for people who wanted to fight back against the banks who were taking their houses. Um, and they were there to try and help them. 
rather than going through the proper process and legal channels through the court, they did it through kind of protests and bogus kind of legal arguments and filings. Uh Uh-huh, okay. So these groups kind of continued in that vein for a decade or more, and it was really only when the pandemic hit that they kind of changed course and became really radicalized, and that happened really quickly. There was obviously, just like pretty much every other country in the world, there was lockdowns in Ireland, and that was used by people in the anti-vaxxer movement to say, you know, the government has taken away your freedoms. I'm going to issue, be issuing you with a, a ticket. A ticket for what? For non-essential travel. Non-essential? You're not, you're, not, you're not telling me what your reason for travel But I, I don't have to tell you. I told so you I'm going home for money. groups like this were primed to, to hear that message from anti-vaxxers who wanted to kind of spread their network effectively by appealing to these sovereign citizen groups. So in the last 18 months, this kind of, uh, you know, mix of sovereign citizen anti-vaxxer groups have really grown very quickly in Ireland, but predominantly online uh, on message boards like Telegram, for example, and also in these little groups that had already been established. Yeah, I mean, all of this sounds familiar to what's happening here in the U.S., where, you know, you have these strong existing anti-government movements. And then because of the pandemic, you have all of these new government actions that, you know, might restrict people's movements, restrict their ability to work. You're telling people what to do with their bodies, you know, what their children need to do to be healthy. And it's this very fertile breeding ground for these types of beliefs to spread. So... David, how did you see these existing anti-vax movements in Ireland start to merge with these existing sovereign citizen movements? It changed from theoretical people shouting into the void on channels on Telegram to people standing outside supermarkets with posters. That was quite a common scene all around Ireland, which would never have been seen before. And then it moved to gradually building up to something much more violent. We saw kind of major protests in cities like Dublin where there was violence between anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine protesters and counter-protesters and there were people injured. So that environment was perfectly suited uh, for someone like Antonio Murdu to come along and to radicalise people into taking really dramatic action. No, Joe. It's all your choice, Joe. If you stay here, they're going to fucking kill you, Joe. You are killing people, so that's because I'm pissed off. Like with the way that Joe McCarran was taken out of hospital. So Antonio Muradu sort of finds a home in Ireland. Exactly. And while I'm not 100% sure how Antonio connected to these groups, I do know that he got involved with a group that Joe McCarran, the man he ultimately went on to quote-unquote save from the hospital, was also involved in. Joe was part of a group of like-minded men in this rural community in Donegal, and they called themselves the Common Law Information Centre. Antonio sort of joins up with this group to help them with their efforts. And when Joe does get sick, he sees his opportunity. 
uh, and a way of showcasing what the common law or the sovereign citizen movement could really do in Ireland. It was supposed to be a blueprint for what other people in similar groups across the country could then do as well. But that video from the hospital was not the work of just one man. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello to everybody. Uh... I am here in Donegal. So the reason because we are doing the video because we are getting phone calls for people how to help. Okay, so after the hospital rescue video, like straight away afterwards, Antonio Murdu posts another video to his Telegram channel on September the 14th. So we're going to explain exactly what you have done. It's very Telling people exactly uh, what to do and what to write in order to do exactly the same thing that he had done. Uh, you are more than welcome to use because honestly we need to save lives as many as we can. And so one of the interesting aspects of that video is that Antonio talks about this person who's helped him put together these so-called documents. Uh, I was talking to Professor Dolores Cahilli. A woman named Dolores Cahill. She actually suggests me to do, to create a team straight away to help out uh, Joe to get out from the hospital. So in 30 minutes, she was able to create, organize a team. Okay, who is Dolores? What do we know about this woman? So she seems to be this Wizard of Oz figure who is kind of pulling the strings but remains out of the spotlight. Uh, my name is Dolores Cahill. Uh, my degree is in molecular biology. Uh, my PhD is in immunology. So up until about a month ago now, she was working as a professor at University College Dublin. For over 20 years, I've worked in the area of improved diagnosis of autoimmune disease and to uh, uphold the highest standards in research and research integrity. For years, she'd been a highly respected member of that kind of academic community. Even before the pandemic came along, she had become a, a superstar of the anti-vaxxer community because of her real-world credentials as a professor of immunology. But in the pandemic, her star has risen dramatically. So currently we have a situation in Ireland and around the world that police officers are stopping people and the police are actually interfering with people's exercise of our inalienable rights and freedom to travel. She has moved beyond Ireland into the UK and, and across Europe where she become one of the kind of 
mainstays of the anti-vaxxer movement in the continent, where she is, you know, speaking at conferences, where she is doing interviews with right-wing media. Wow, so the pandemic has actually been a huge boon for her. Like, it, it sounds like it's been good for her reputation. Yeah, definitely. On Facebook, for example, I think she's nearly 130,000 followers on her page now. And despite the fact that she's repeatedly espoused anti-vaxxer content, she, her account still hasn't been, been shut down. She doesn't make a secret of her, her beliefs. The reason is, parents of Ireland and the world, these children will never reach the IQ and job potential because their brains are starved of oxygen. She's quite open about her beliefs against the vaccine and the the fact that COVID-19 isn't really a, a major danger to people. Wake up, parents! Oxygen is required for your brain to function. And then earlier this year, she also ran in a by-election in Dublin Bay South, where she ran as a candidate, kind of standing basically on her, her anti-vaxxer credentials and didn't get anywhere. But on the day of the election count, she had an altercation with police officers. Excuse me, don't touch me, that's assault. Don't touch me. How dare you? you don't, don't touch me. me. You don't you're, touch you're restricting my entrance. She and the others continue to shout and try to push their way through, but ultimately they're not allowed to enter because she wouldn't put on her mask. Do you know if you restrict someone, it's actually rape under the law? Really? It is rape under the law. So interesting, David. Again, it just sounds so much like a similar thing that's gone on in the U.S., where these anti-government conspiracy theorists, people like QAnon supporters, they now want to get into government. Exactly. And in that viral video we actually see Antonio Muradu as well, who's there with her um, as part of her, her team. So how did Dolores get connected with Antonio and the rest of these sovereign citizens? We're, we're not 100% sure exactly how they connected, but what we do know is that they were kind of swimming in the same... Uh, pond effectively because both of them were pushing anti-vax and sovereign citizen conspiracy theories at the same time. And in Ireland, that's a pretty small group of people. But we do know that a few months before Joe McCarran was taken out of the hospital, Dolores went to the group that he was a part of, the Common Law Information Centre. Um, and when Antonio took Joe out of the hospital, in the video that he posted, he said that they had been on the phone with a woman named Dolores Cahill and that she had been giving them advice. So have there been any consequences for the people who took Joe out of the hospital? I mean, he died a few days later, right? So have there been any repercussions for taking him out of doctor's care? So far, there hasn't been any um, repercussions, but the, the police in Ireland have told me they are investigating it. They've appointed a senior officer to oversee that investigation. They are looking for Antonio Murdu to speak to him about this. Several Irish media outlets have reported that a, a um, memo was sent around to Gardaí to warn them about Murdu and that he may have COVID because he didn't um, adhere to um, any mask guidelines or social distancing rules. And also that he may be violent, so just to take care if they were approaching him. 
We tried to talk to Antonio Murdu, but he didn't respond. And Dolores, she's actually lost her job at the University College of Dublin. They fired her in September after an internal review and a litany of complaints about her espousing COVID conspiracies. We reached out to Dolores to comment on all of this, but she didn't respond. And she's never really commented publicly about the operation to take Joe out of the hospital. And in certain circles, her stature just seems to be continuing to grow. She recently travelled, as I said, to the UK, where she met with a group of about eight other major anti-vaxxer influencers, and they all met um, Sir Graham Brady, a British lawmaker who spoke to them. We don't know exactly about what, um, but the fact that he even gave them the time of day is, is kind of a, a indication of how much influence that they now wield. One of the most pernicious and sadly predictable repercussions of all this is that another conspiracy has been birthed from Joe's death. Yeah, okay, what happened? Some conspiracy theorists started posting uh, on one of the Telegram channels that the death of Joe McCarran was actually a complete hoax, that he was a government plant or a crisis actor, and that his death was engineered or faked to destroy the anti-vaxxer or sovereign citizen movements. It's typical of what happens after such an incident, and it's a way of people trying to convince themselves that they haven't believed in something that has led to the death of a man. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, you can imagine an alternative universe in which Joe McCarran had left the hospital and he had gotten better, and then this would be a victory for this movement, right? And instead, because he died, it suddenly turned into, oh, he was an actor. He was never really part of this movement. He was actually here to undermine us. Exactly. I think the pandemic has been an absolute boon for conspiracy theorists. Just the unique situation of being locked in your house and having your freedoms, you know, denied it makes these movements like sovereign citizen movements, like anti-vaxxer movements, so appealing to people because people want to believe that there is something else behind this. They want to believe that it is some secret conspiracy theory. They want to make sense of it in that way. And then add into that the kind of botched rollout of vaccines, the botched handling of lockdowns in, in countries all around the world. And it has been the perfect um, environment for conspiracy theories to thrive. In fact, just last week, a group of 10 or so anti-vaxxers showed up at a hospital in England and tried to, quote-unquote, serve the employees there with a stack of papers. I will be serving you today, Nuremberg Code, if you'd like to take that. No, could you pop it down there? Uh, no, I'd like you to take it. Someone needs to take the documentation to accept it. The group were trying to use a decades-old law that was put in place after World War II and the Holocaust to ban non-consensual medical experimentation on people. But these anti-vaxxers are trying to implement this old law to say that doctors and nurses who are vaccinating people are actually breaking the law now. 
It's complete bullshit, obviously, but it's a new sovereign citizen anti-vaxxer scheme that's been spreading around the internet lately. And the most important one, which is all of the evidence to prove that coronavirus is an absolute pandemic of hoax, that you are operating illegally and you are committing crimes against humanity. And by Wow, it's like, a, it's like a hydra. Like you disprove one theory or you push back against one conspiracy and it, it just births another and another and another. And I think it is going to be one of the long-term effects of the pandemic um, that even when things do go back to relative normality, there will be this undercurrent of distrust in governments, distrust in science that will lead to a continued growth in conspiracy theories. And as depressing as it may sound, I don't think that's going to stop the minute people don't have to wear masks anymore or the minute, you know, vaccine mandates are removed because we've reached herd immunity. Um, I think that will remain long, long after the, the pandemic is over. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Special thanks to David Gilbert, who reported this story with assistance from Brian Wall, an independent journalist in Ireland who tracks extremists. Thanks also to Irish broadcaster RTE for the use of some of their broadcasts. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cottrell, Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, Julia Nutter, and Sarah Cavedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, Natasha Jacobs, and Kyle Murdoch. I'm Jen Kinney, in this week for our host, Ariel Duem-Ross. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I know podcast hosts are always saying this, but please do rate and review the podcast. It really helps people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so please do check in next week. <laughs>